Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome tonight. Tonight? is a episode of Self-Expressions, and this is going to be the Sports Editions, and I am your host, Brother Robert Popop Hudson, and I'm standing in the gap of what normally uh, plays this evening, which is Warriors of Christ with Sister Dominique Hudson. I thank you, and, uh, and thank you so much for joining us this evening for tonight's episode and tonight's uh, ed- special edition of Self-Expressions. And tonight is episode number 980. Wow. Number 980. Uh, sounds like it's a special number, so we have a special program for tonight. And like I said, this is uh, welcome again to Self-Expressions, Pop Pop Hudson, and this is going to be my sports editions of Self-Expressions. And tonight's title is No Mas. No Mas. Okay? And uh, just for, you know, anyone that's not familiar with uh, the term nomas, um, yes, nomas is actually, in, uh, you know, translated in uh, <clears throat> its, uh, you know, its form. It's a uh, Japanese word meaning Christmas. And um, if you're not, if you're familiar with Japanese, the Japanese language, uh, nomas uh, is actually not a Japanese word. I was just kidding there. And it's actually a Spanish word. And, you know, um, the English uh, translation is no more, no more. And it was made famous by uh, the boxer Roberto Duran in 1980. In the middle of a fight, uh, Roberto Duran told, you know, the, the ref, uh, no mas, no mas. And he basically, you know, walked away from the fight. And, you know, I'm going to just describe things culminating up to that point. And basically the scripture that I'm going to, uh, you know, we're going to be referring to is going to be Numbers chapter 11, verses 18 and 20. And, uh, you know, once again, you know, if you uh, have, you know, any pens or pencils or anything, you can write something down. Um, Just take the time out to uh, go ahead and do that. And like I said, uh, we're going to be, going over Numbers uh, chapter 11, verses 18 to 20. You know, uh, just to let everyone know, we thank you for joining the broadcast. And if at any point in the broadcast, whether you're calling online or if you're, call, if you're listening online, you can actually call into the show, and the phone number to call in is 319-527-6091. And you can press the number 1, and we can get you into the conversation. And we thank you so much for joining us tonight uh, for tonight's Broadcast and a special edition, and like I said once again, we're standing in the gap of words of Christ. And I was talking about Roberto Duran, where um, 
his, the second fight between him and Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, and the second fight was, you know, it was just such a huge, huge uh, movement. It made boxing uh, so much more, you know, uh, the pinnacle of, of being one of the, the better sports to watch. And what it was was, you know, we were talking about, you know, two guys. One was an immovable object and one was an irresistible force when they faced off against one another. And when they faced off, it was, you know, the first fight was, um, it was it was pretty much, you know, uh, cut and dry, you know, who was actually dominating the fight, which was Roberto Duran. And it came at a pitiful moment, and, you know, um, he fought Sugar Ray Leonard. When he fought Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Leonard was at the top of his game. He was the guy to beat. You know, and if you, you know, uh, Robert Duran had a pretty good, impeccable record. And, you know, if he wanted to, you know, remain on top, the guy to beat was Sugar Ray Leonard. So in that first fight, you know, it went the total distance, you know, 15 rounds. The judge saw that Roberto Duran was pretty much the aggressor from beginning to end, and Sugar Ray Leonard uh, pretty much did not have any answer for any or or whatever he did. You know, as soon as he thought he had an answer, Roberto Duran came back, you know, with a different barrage of different, you know, um, uh, techniques, and, you know, technical ways to, you know, counteract what Sugar Ray Leonard did. In the end, you know, um, even though Sugar Ray Leonard was embarrassed uh, and, and defeated, he decided to take on a rematch with Roberto Duran. However, this fight was was a lot different. And this is where um, I'm going to go on into scripture right now, and I'm just going to pull up, uh, like I said before, that we would go over uh, – let me see. Let me make sure I got it right. Okay, we're going to go over Numbers chapter 11, verses 18 through 20. And I'm going to read that, that verse right now. It says, tell people, consecrate yourself. Get ready for tomorrow when you're going to eat meat. We've been whining to God. We want meat. Give us meat. We had a better life in Egypt. God has heard your whining, and he's going to give you meat. You're going to eat meat. And it's not just for a day that you'll eat meat. And it's not two days or five or ten or twenty. But for a whole month, you're going to eat meat until it's coming out of your nostrils. You're going to be so sick of meat that you'll throw up at the mere mention of it. And, and here's why. Because you rejected God who is right here among you, whining to his face. Oh, why did we ever have to leave Egypt? Amen, and that was uh, Numbers. And just to, you know, give you a little history on uh, Numbers, you know, um, the first couple of books in the Bible, you know, it, it talks about, you know, basically the Genesis, the Exodus, and then here in the Numbers, you know, we're talking about why, you know, for 40 years that the children of Israel basically wanted the wilderness. And you wonder why, and then when you hear just that little part where they complain about each and every little thing along the journey, which is, you know, if, if you know, uh, you would 
just break it down just from the journey from where they traveled, you know, 40 years, you know, in the wilderness, whereas though if someone to take a direct path, it would take them three days. And you say, well, what's, what's the hang-up? You know, you know, we all have hang-ups. We all have, you know, that moment where we have that holding pattern where we just seem to be going aimlessly wandering around in circles where we're moving but we're not going anywhere. Where we want to you know, we want to have that, that imitation or that, that thought of that that we're getting something done but we're really not doing anything. And that's what the children of Israel found themselves in. And, you know, as we go further, you know, it's the same thing where, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard found himself in. Whereas though no matter what he was doing, he still came back to the same equation that this guy seems to be undefeatable. But the one thing, you know, and I've I've stated before, you know, on my show is that, you know, success is certain. You know, especially if you have all the the avenues and, and the corners, the parameters that God has created for us and you follow through. And that's the main thing is to follow through. So if you can't follow through no matter what it is and no matter what course you're doing in life, no matter whether you're a businesswoman, businessman, you're a, you know, order taker, you're a waitress, doesn't matter what you're doing. But if you're not, you know, in lockstep of God's plan and what he has, there's no way you're going to succeed it's going against, basically it's going against the grain of your very fiber of your being. And so, therefore, what you have to do is you have to sometimes sit back and evaluate some of the failures in your life and see if you can make success. You know, um, during the era where I grew up is, you know, and some of the things that I, you know, I've saw, images I saw as a young man is, you know, it's kind of crazy because it was kind of productive. It was, you know, okay, just, you know, sit here in front of the, the television, and what you see here, you know, I can step away from my, my um, you know, parenting job. is something good to watch. But if you look at the, the cartoons I watched, was, which was Pop, Popeye, and one of the things he would he would say was, you know, these had all these can stand, and these can't stand no more. Then you pop open a, a can of spinach, and then he you know he uh, tears fire the, the brutal and whatever. But the main thing there is that, you know, he went to his source of spinach. You know, we have to understand that you know, even though that spinach can be easily interpreted as being a spiritual power, you know, but it's it's not. That's not what what he done. What he what he done was, they changed instead of just saying hey, you can draw on a higher power, you can, you know, walk away, and God can fight your battles. They just put it in there and into that whole cartoon where, though, okay, this is not working, go ahead, take this magic can of spinach, and just go ahead and just tear fire to this guy, and then, you know, after everything's all over, you can go back to normal. But that's not the case, and that's not the everyday life that we live, but that's with some of the images that I grew up with. And even right now, I can, you know, right now with uh, some of the young folks right now, I, I know they can understand how unidentifiable uh, some cartoons are right now with life, you know, besides, you know, the, the one and only cartoon that I would 
trust, you know, my children and grandchildren to watch was VeggieTales. Because they, you know, without any kind of hidden meaning or, or some kind of, uh, you know, repulsive or some kind of topic that I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to touch with the children, not just that I didn't want to touch with them on it, it was just that the time was not right as far as the age and so, uh, and in most cases, some of the learning processes. Sometimes it takes us a while to sit back and synthesize and, you know, take in some of the information that we constantly getting, whether it's TV or whether adult action that we're watching. You know, as a child, sometimes the, you know, just the mere interaction of adults and, you know, we're sitting back watching them. Sometimes it takes us a while to process what's actually happening. And it's the same thing with, you know, some of these cartoons that, you know, seems to be advancing, you know, the, the minds of our children and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren at a normal rate in the wrong direction. And, you know, I know I'm saying that, and I know I mentioned a cartoon, and I know, yes, you know, cartoons shouldn't watch your children, but there was a time where we had let children sit by the television set, and that was our babysitter basically, because there was programs that we could trust. There was programs that we can just say, hey, you know, I can, you know, I need an extra half hour, 35 minutes or whatever to, to get dinner ready or to, you know, do the laundry or some things like that. And you would say, hey, you know what, let's see if, you know, um, I can take this moment, this break where my, my child had, had the concentration on a cartoon, which all cartoons seem to be harmless at first when they first came out, you know, we always see the Tom and Jerry, you know, the, and at the end of Tom and Jerry, even though Tom was trying to eat Jerry, you know, at some point they worked out where they were cooperating, you know, and then sometimes Tom would turn and try to get, you know, eat Jerry again and stuff like that. But there was a, you know, there was a whole hidden, not a hidden meaning, but there was a meaning right there that basically was saying that, you know, at one point, no matter how much we don't like each other, no matter how, how much we want to get at, you know, someone, at some point we're going to have to work together. If we work together, we're going to be a good team. And that's basically what the meaning of Tom and Jerry. But, you know, uh, nowadays uh, a cartoon like Tom and Jerry won't fly because it doesn't have enough controversy, doesn't have enough uh, oomph to grab someone's attention right away. And, you know, like I said, if a revised, you know, version of Tom and Jerry would be to happen now today, it would be pretty good. It wouldn't be what, you know, um, people expected, but it would be it would be good enough where the messages and the underlying of teamwork and stuff like that would all work out, you know. And um, it's like the same thing as getting a little bit more modern, like Thundercats, you know, G.I. Joe and Transformers, where basically, you know, the, the goal and the message was, Let's cooperate. Let's see if we can get things done. You know, let's see if we can help one another, you know, along our way of what we want to do. And uh, just to let you know, you're listening to self-expression. We're on Blog Talk Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. And if you're online and you want to join the show, uh, you can call in at 319-527-6091. You just press the number one if you want to start a conversation with me. And, you know, um, just getting back to my main topic was no mas, no mas. And basically it meant, you know, no more, no more. And when I read the scripture, 
it was basically God telling the people that you're complaining, you're whining, you're doing this and you're doing that. And he was like, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I give you your fill. And then I'm going to give you your fill and more. On top of that, I'm going to give you so much of your fill that you're not even going to want anymore. And basically right now, that's how people are today. Where they feel as though, uh, for some reason, that they have, have the right or the audacity to just, you know, um, keep complaining, whining, uh, without actually not being happy with the situation they're in. Basically, you know, they were basically saying, was like, what's the point of us coming out of Egypt? And I'm not even happy with the situation. But you were never happy in the situation you were when you were in Egypt. But now you're pretending to say that, you know, you'd rather, you know, you're stopping short of saying, I'd rather off, you know, I'd be happy if I was in Egypt. But that wasn't the case, you know. And um, that's where, you know, uh, you say, you know, or or you could say, it, you know, if you could, of all I've done, you know, and of, and of all what I've done and, what you know, how I've done it, you really are telling me this? You, you really are, you know, you're sitting there on this and you're saying, that you would probably have been happy in Egypt. Well, that's what, you know, happens to a lot of people. Sometimes, you know, they they have that that motion or that, that notion that for some reason because they're out of the situation, they're jumping out of a frying pan into the fire. And for many, that's not the case. For many, what it is is that it's the case where, you know, like you say, you know, you reap what you sow. And sometimes when it's time for for the harvest, you know, and, and and you know you want to see what what's in your basket, what you have sown, is what you should be able to harvest. And if you have nothing in your basket, that means you have harvest. You have you have you know you have you, you're reaping what you're sowing. You didn't sow anything, so you're reaping nothing. So you have the benefits of nothing, and you want to sit there and complain. Well, by sitting there and complaining, it's not going to do any good. That, you know, what it is, 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 you know, right now, you know, the season is passed, but that does not mean that because the season is passed, you don't know what to do when another season comes. Okay, that means that right now you're in a, a state of being prepared. You're, you know, you know how to be prepared for the next harvest. So what you do is before the next harvest is about to begin, you go ahead and sow. Okay, and you, and, and you sow the seed. You sow the seed so the next time the next harvest comes that you're ready and you're prepared because you know what it is to be showing up with an empty basket or a near empty basket where you have sown nothing and it's time for harvest and you have nothing to show for. And that's basically what happens you know, when, you know, when we are, we're sitting there and we're saying, you know, we want to give up. Or, you know, we don't want to continue. Why? Because when it's time for you to sow, you know, and then from that time it's time for, to harvest, and you have harvest nothing because you have sown nothing. And that's basically what happens with, with your faith in the beginning. And this, and this ultimately what happens, and it all ties into, you know, you having your faith 
and then you want to rely on it, but you put nothing into your faith. Faith without works is dead. You hear it all the time. You know, I don't have to remind you, but by tying in, you know, to you know to what is actually, you know, going on and you starting to actually comprehend, and you're sitting there, like I said, when you have that empty basket when it's harvest time and you're looking around and you're, and, you know, it's not time for you to be jealous. It's not time for you to say, hey, wow, how come they have a better outcome than I? How come they have a better harvest than I? Because they've sown. Okay, they planted the seed. They cultivated it. And then once it, you know, once it comes on. And so this goes back to my title, which is Nomas, Nomas, which in, in translations means no more, no more. So as I get to that part, I'm going to go back into the historic part, you know, the sports part, where therein we were, we were talking about Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran. And as I told you, the outcome of the first fight, you know, Roberto Duran simply wild and wold, and he just – displayed a, a, a you know a great amount of power and a great amount of uh, you know dominance in that fight. Even though the fight went a distance, the judge you know just like um, any other time when two people are competing for anybody's attention, you know they're you know what they can do is if is there's no way to actually just see you know who won. You get the opinion of what happens to be judges. So at this, like I said, the Roberto Durant fight and the Sugar Ray Leonard fight, it went to the hands of the judges. And so now this is where I incorporate this part with our everyday life, whereas the why, if you, you know, if you can, and the most possible means that you can do, why leave anything in the hands of anybody else, especially their judgment? You know, we're human, and I know we're judgmental, but sometimes the human eye can't see a lot of things that happen in between some of the things. So the judge, the judges in that belt, they ruled in Roberto Duran's favor, which was, you know, a great, great uh, victory for him and also a great amount of pride for Mexican-Americans because Roberto Duran was born and raised in Mexico, and he came from, uh, you know, a very, very hard upbringing. So to the, you know, to everybody that had a hard upbringing in Mexico, it was a great inspirational story for, you know, Roberto Duran beating Sugar Ray Leonard, which was up and coming one of the greatest boxers at the time. And by that defeat, um, you know, it changed the lives of both boxers. And I'll go into the story of both boxers before I do that. I just want to let you know how you also can be incorporated into this story right here because it happens to us every day. Whereas though we go out and we put our performances on and we think that we're doing our very best, but we don't, we're not seeing that keen eye, that keen eye from somewhere where somebody's giving us a little critique, you know, and each boxer, they had their, you know, their, um, you know, their, their corner, whereas though at, after each and every round, Here's somebody that gives them advice. We're in, you know, with Roberto Durant in the first fight, what happened is he listened to his corner guys. Sugar Ray Leonard was so mad at this guy at some point, he got frustrated. 
And so he refused to listen to his corner guys because he thought that, hey, you know what? This guy is nicknamed the Hands of Stone. And he was like, I'm not feeling his punches. I'm going to go out there. But what he did was he was absorbing so much punishment, more punishment than he had to, that it actually looked to the, like to the judges that he was actually getting beaten. But what we later learned in the later rounds of that fight, and like I said, this fight was um, in 1980 where, you know, they were doing 15 rounds. So we're talking about between rounds three to eight where it looked like he was actually getting pounded. But what he was doing was he was, you know, doing his, his, his own thing. He was trying to actually start a brawl instead of actually fighting the guy. <clears throat> and sometimes when we start fighting things, that we shouldn't fight, sometimes we find ourselves in trouble. Just like boxers, you know, we can go into another element of a sport, which is swimming. Whereas though when you're swimming and you feel as though you feel like you're, you know, you're you're fighting a current or something, and it tells you, you know, you go lateral and swim with the current, let the current, you know, move you away until you get into a weaker part of the current, and that way you can actually go in the direction you want to go. Um, and what was happening here in this fight was Sugar Ray Leonard was actually fighting against the current, which was his anger. He was letting into his anger. He just wasn't really, you know, actually focusing on what he was doing. And basically, he was there to box with Burrow Duran, but what he was doing, he was actually flaring on this guy. He was swinging all kinds of ways. So, um, during this bout, like I said, at the end, the judges, you know, went to the hands of the judges. And, you know, like I give any advice to anybody where, though, if you have the power to do something, don't leave it up to someone else. And that's what we do. When we, we, we're out there in the streets and we're doing things and we see things that people do, some things that people get away with, we, we feel that sometimes we can asphyxiate in our mind that, it's okay because I saw this person do it and they nothing happened to them. Well, you know what happens is that basically sometimes there may be part where, you know, we get caught and whereas though at that point we have to get a, either a public defender or a lawyer. And at the end of the results, it's going to be a trial. It's either going to be judged by judges or it's going to be judged by a jury of your peers, whether you agree with who those peers are or if you agree with whoever those judges are. And that's when we find ourselves into a situation where we're saying, Help, you know what, now I was in a situation I can totally control. I made the wrong decisions, and now I have to rely on the decisions of someone else. And that's what happens when we create that paradox within ourselves where we have total control, and then all of a sudden we have the instance of no control. And then we have that feeling of being lost and wanting to give up. And so we're going to go ahead and um, at this point, I'm just going to go ahead and before I go into the next part of this, this segment of this program, and like I said, this is the sports edition of self-expressions, and I'm standing in the gap of Warriors of Christ with her sister, Dominique Hudson. And we're just going to go ahead into uh, the, the, the next segment, which is partially uh, based on mostly of the second fight between Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard. Now, Sugar Ray Leonard faced defeat. And so before I go into that, I just want to let you know if you're online, if you want the phone number to call in, or if you just want to make a comment, phone number to call in is 319-527-6091. And uh, with that being said, 
Now we're going to go into the, the second fight. Now the second fight was in New Orleans, and this happened in 1980. And I know a lot of people just can't identify with the times in 1980, but 1980 was a lot of uh, special. It was a special time for sports. We had the Olympics going on. Um, they were boxing in, in um, the New Orleans, uh, actually Superdome. And it was just built, and it was built specifically for the Super Bowl that was just played that January. So this was a, a, a really big festive time, and this is going to be a real big venue. So, you know, as I was saying, Roberto Duran was from Mexico. So they traveled a lot, and they really packed, you know, that Superdome. And Sugar Ray Leonard, what, he, what happened was uh, he made a conversion, and he made a conversion in Christ, and he said, you know, one thing he said to himself, he said that I know that I was a very good boxer. And he says, now, you know, I got you on my side. I know I'm going to be a great boxer. And he says, I know in my heart of hearts, there's no way I should have been defeated by this guy. And with that being said, Sugar Ray Leonard went back to work. And lo and behold, it was a rematch. It was, uh, like I said, it was in 1980 in the New, uh, New Orleans Superdome. Now, the outcome of this fight is a lot different than the first one. Uh, the first fight, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard just could not display any part of his boxing skill without embarrassing himself as looking like he was just actually being plummeted on and he was just actually just basically there to stay out of the way. And that's what the judges saw, you know, in that first fight. And that's what their perception was. And the thing was was that, you know, very rarely in the championship a boxing match where you have all three judges, you know, basically seeing the one fight the same way. So on this this night, Sugar Ray Leonard decided to just call on his face and say, "God, I know I'm a better I'm a better boxer. God, I know I have the skill." And from there on, during that fight, it seemed like Sugar Ray Leonard, no matter what Roberto Duran was giving him, he was actually portraying uh, a different boxing style. Actually, he was incorporating styles from Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Robertson, and Joe Jackson, all in one bout. And at the end of it, okay, uh, hopefully I'm back in. Uh, seems like the double is a lie. Uh, I don't know what happened there. All of a sudden, my phone call just dropped, but, you know, we're, we're back in there. And uh, basically, at you know, at some point I was telling you about uh, Roberto Duran and uh, the Sugar Ray Leonard fight and, the you know, basically the outcome of the second fight. And like I said, uh, this was um, very, very much a marvelous display of uh, boxing skills by Sugar Ray Leonard. And like I said, he incorporated a lot of um, different styles all in one. And basically... You know, at the end, Roberto Duran just gave up. And it was in the eighth round, and all of a sudden, during the middle of the the round, you know, and Sugar Ray, you know, before that round started, Sugar Ray was in his corner saying, I'm giving this guy everything I've got. I don't know what it takes for me to win. I don't know what it takes for me to knock him out. I don't know what it, what it takes for me. Just basically, I don't know how I'm going to win this fight. He's telling him. He's telling his his corner, I'm doing everything I can do. I've hit him with everything. 
I've did every style. I've did just about everything. I teased him, and he says, this guy is, is, is just, I, I don't think I can defeat him. And it's, you know, his corner sat there and said, you're doing great. And he's like, this is not like the last fight. He says, you know, whatever you're doing, just keep it up. And he says, I don't know how long I can keep it up. And you know what his corner man says? Well, if you feel that way, what do you think? How do you think he feels? And so they gave him a little bit, a little bit of energy, and then he went out in that eighth round, and he went on to go ahead and, you know, just continue to tag and, you know, hit and run every everything he can do. And then finally, when they were about to mix it up, Roberto Durant said the, you know, with, with you know, they associated him with, uh, you know, the, the, the most famous words that he said, you know, no mas, no mas which means um, no more, no more. The referee was, like, dumbfounded, and he tried to get him to square up in the ring again. And that's when Roberto Duran uttered the famous word, no mas, no mas. He, he couldn't take anymore. You know, uh, at at that point, you know, we have to understand that, you know, um, this is a guy that was, a, you know, Mexico's national hero from, from winning, you know, the, the previous fight now. He's looking like uh, a quitter. He's looking like he's a defector. He looks like he betrayed his country. You know, and, and one of the things that we have to we have to learn as Christians is that we don't have to sit and sacrifice ourselves for anyone's purpose. You know, at that point, you know, uh, Roberto Duran, when he walked away and he walked out that fight, he looked like one of the weakest, one of the, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's kind of funny how things turn around. And this could happen to us too. Like we all are at one point a Roberto Durant where it looks like, you know, everybody's saying that I, I, betray, I, I betrayed them, I'm a traitor, you know, I'm, I'm someone, I'm trash, I don't deserve to be looked at or anything like that. That's how Roberto Durant was. And he was wanting to a very, very big depression. What happened was uh, he found he found Christ, and when he found Christ, because he hit rock bottom, Roberto Duran was a rock star in Mexico. You know, Roberto Duran was the irresistible force that could not be stopped. He proved that in the first fight, fighting Sugar Ray Leonard. But now at this point, it looked like he was a broken man, a broken fighter. You know, the only one that would rally around him was his family. You know, this story may sound familiar because this happened to many of us. Whereas though we face, we've had certain victory on our minds and all of a sudden we face certain defeat. And, you know, it reminds me of a line and, you know, ABC Worldwide Sports used to come on every Saturday. And one of the day, one of the lines they would say was, while they were showing so many images across the screen, they were saying, the joy of victory and the agony of defeat. Well, Roberto Duran actually felt what it meant to be in the walls of the agony of defeat, where he was on top of the world just a couple of short months ago. He was a national hero, and now they treat him like a national traitor. And through, you know, his his... You know, great. And at the time, that was his first professional loss. He was seventy-two and one. You know, and Sugar, he gave Sugar Ray Leonard his first loss. 
But even though two men at some point during the battle, whether the first fight or second fight, they both lay defeated, but they found Christ. Now do you think that's possible? Because God doesn't throw anything throw anything away. And God does not without learning something. You know, this is you know, what we do through our life, we have a learning experience. Like I'm just talking about a sporting event right now. But at some point in your life, you know, you can incorporate that into where, you know, for at one instance you leave things in the hands of other people. For them to handle or for them to take care of some the you know some of them to scare you either through or away from certain things. When you say, hey, you know what, I'll leave it in their hands. This is your life. And like I said, sometimes we may incorporate into being a judge or a jury. If you can do it, do it. Don't waste your ability. Now we're looking at a guy, second time where he had certain victory, he's laying in defeat. And what Roberto Duran did was he basically introduced Christ into Mexico at the region where he was at, which was near the Tijuana border where, if you know, that's sort of like a party town. And people would ask Roberto Duran, they would say, hey, man, wow, you were on top of the world, now look at you. And he says, yeah, look at me. And he says, I have what I need. He says, I have my family and I have God. He says, I'm still living, I'm still breathing. He said, I can fight another day. Antagonizing, antagonizing and say, well, you know, you gonna go ahead and fight him again. You know, one of the best things is, is that there was a third fight between Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Durant. The best thing about it was is that I'm not going to tell you the outcome. That's that's going to be a assignment if you really want to know and you really want to know where they, their story ultimately ended. Uh, it's a great thing to to learn on your own. And because there's a lot of times I've, I've you know, have given out Bible scriptures and I say, hey, you know, read this, read that chapter, read that chapter. Well, you know, there's Google and YouTube for you to, for you to do the research. It, it doesn't have to be a hard research, but Part three, you know, uh, like I said, it's truly an amazing culmination. And you want to, you know, you want to ask yourself, well, what happened? You know, we got two men of God now boxing. You know, what's going to be the ultimate outcome? Is, you know, the guy that won the first fight going to be there or the guy that won the second fight? You know, who's going to be the ultimate winner? You know, that's something for you to decide if you you want to know. And the reason why I'm not giving the outcome of that that, that bout, because there's a lot of times – there's going to be a lot of back and forth where we seem to have victory and we seem to have defeat. One of the best things of, you know, not knowing a certain outcome is your effort and what you're going to do. You know, these two guys, and like I said, this happened in 1980 and, you know, right, you know, at this point in 1981 was the third fight. But no one can get out of their head what happened in the second fight when Roberto Duran under the words, no mas, no mas. They just didn't understand. Even right now today, um, it's kind of funny that, you know, I'm talking about boxers that were boxing in the 80s. Mike Tyson, um, you know, the the great boxer Mike Tyson, he said that he admired Roberto Duran for giving up. And he said the reason why was because there was no way 
that he was going to beat Sugar Ray Leonard. And he said he thought it was very honorable of him to just give up and to just, you know, embarrass himself. Because basically what Sugar Ray Leonard was doing was he basically was embarrassing him. He was no longer boxing. You know, and that last round before, you know, he uttered the words no mas, Sugar Ray Leonard's boxing corner, they told him, you know, you know, you're 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 embarrassing the guy, you know. It was like, you know, you're doing everything you can and Sugar Ray Leonard kept shaking his head, No, I haven't, no I haven't. And basically he, he Sugar Ray Leonard was fighting the battle where he thought that he couldn't beat him but he was still going to display all that he could. And like I said, you know, there are times when we think that we're not doing doing the things that we're doing, and there are some times where we leave the ultimate decision that, that we have, which is the control of ourselves, where we can use our maximum effort and not rely on somebody else's judgment. And that's what Sugar Ray Leonard did because the first fight, the only mistake he made was he relied on him himself being the former champion that he had the which he had the respect and that the judges should respect him being a former champion and that the effort he did was good enough to win the fight, but the judges didn't see it that way. So here in this fight, at the eighth round, he's given everything he's got. And he's still thinking in his mind, which he should have thought, thought in the first fight, was I should give everything I can to win this fight. And lo and behold, he didn't have to knock the guy out or anything, or he didn't have to get to the judge's hands. The guy basically gave up. He gave up the fight. What I'm asking you is, are you giving up the fight? Are you putting your best your best effort forward? And like I told you, it's guaranteed in the Bible. you got to read it, it. Success is certain. There are a lot of times where we expect something to be given to us, we assume that we're seeing through somebody else's eyes. But how many people left a courtroom thinking that they were going to be having freedom? They didn't think they were going to be in handcuffs and pinstripes or, you know, orange suits or whatever. You know, they don't have that show, Orange is the New Black, for, for no reason. You know, they have that show there because there's a lot of people that's in jail that's incarcerated, there was no way, whether they're innocent or guilty, that what they were going to say or they were going to portray to somebody that they couldn't see it through their eyesight. But people are, are very unpredictable. They have very different, depending on, you know, where you're at and, and who you're with. But sometimes you cannot identify with everybody with, you know, what your struggles and what your problems is. And, that's why you put your best foot forward. You know, you don't put your best foot forward through your eyesight. You put your best foot forward basically being an ambassador of yourself. You're basically, you know, if you look at everyone like you're a foreigner, I know you, you've probably seen this a, a, a hundred times where you see a foreigner trying to communicate with you. They're talking their native language, but they know that we're in the United States and we predominantly speak English. But they're, yet, they're trying to enforce their words for you to learn their words so they can understand what they need to know. But the problem there is is that it's the way you're looking at it. Some people look at it like you in my country, you should learn English. But 
if you look at the big picture, the whole thing is predicated on the United States. There's no official language. So why do you think this guy is assuming that you should be able to learn his language? You know, there are a lot of countries that have the criteria of learning three or four languages in that country, even though their official language is like saying um, Spain is Spanish. They have a criteria of learning English, French, German, and um, I forgot the, the language, the official language, but the, the Netherlands language, that language. <clears throat> Sorry uh, about that little mix-up, but I'll, I'll probably get the proper understanding. But, you know, you get my point. So when people come in this country, they come on a premise that this is a free country, and they expect that, you know, they've probably been traveled especially they've been traveling in Europe, where these countries require the citizens as children to learn in more than one language. And basically the language is around, you know, their countries. So when they come here and we're looking at them weird, they're looking at us even weirder, like, okay, I came here all this way, and this is the great America I came here, and I'm looking at these people, and they only know their native tongue, the, you know, the English, but there is no official language. I'm, you know, nobody's required here to learn an official language. But here, you know, we have a, a, a problem of communicating because you don't know my language and I know a little bit of your language or I know none of it or I know French and German, but I don't know English. And we can't have no common ground. And this is the greatest country. So now we're looking at his, his eyesight and how he looks at us. We're looking at him totally different. But to him, you know, we're we're like totally like this is not the place I thought I was going to. And, and that's basically how it is. We, we're trying to work out our common, you know, the common denominator in our life and our factor. And the common denominator is that we're not actually looking at, you know, um, what's going through someone else's eyes or placing ourselves in someone's shoes. We're still remaining in our shoes and we just can't get out of it because we're so comfortable and we just refuse to know that, you know, we're we're looking at ourselves as victor, victors and saying, huh, this guy just came here all the way and he can't speak English. But it's like this. You have a, a country that opens up to every nationality. And I know right now, today, you know, we're not going to focus on the president. That's a different story. That's just one person. He's a figurehead right now at this point. But country that's open to all nationalities and all languages, all religions, all race, but you know nothing about anybody that comes into your country or someone that potentially may want to communicate with you. I'm just going to end on that note right there real quickly. I'm just going to go into call of salvation. And if you just want to get closer to Christ, you know, one of the things you can do is you can just um, let Christ know that you want him to be part and incorporate in your life. You know, what you want to do is you want to make sure that not only, you know, we cannot see and understand what God does or how he does it or how he thinks or how he moves. Only thing we can do is make sure we accept it of him. And the basic thing we want to do is we want to basically surrender to him and say, Father God, you know, all through my life I've, I've done everything I, I could to better myself or where I thought I was better or I would come out on top. Without incorporating you in my life now, God, I want to incorporate you in my life. I want you to know 
that I accept you. I accept the great sacrifice you have done. You have sent your only begotten son to die on the cross for my sins. And you say, Father God, I thank you. I surrender. I surrender to your every movement, to your every thought, to your every will. Once you do that, you're a child. You're, you're a child of God. You know, you're His. You turn into a new leaf in life, and you're going to move on. You're going to say the no mas to all the things that stop you from connecting to God. You're going to say no more, no more, no more. All that crazy incorporated. Like you want to make sure you're going to take this seriously. You're going to do it. You're going to take that step. And once you said you admit it with your tongue, that's it. It's final. It's that bond with you and God. And once you've done that, like I said, welcome to the kingdom. And we thank you so much. You know, if you want to just, uh, one of the good ways you want to do it, you want to admit to the tongue and let somebody know that you're, you're part of God's kingdom. And you can call your mom, call your friend, call your best friend, post it on Facebook. Do what you got to do. Shout at the top of your lungs. Do what you got to do. Just admit it to the tongue. And just let someone know if you um, need someone to just talk to, you'll have a uh, you know a friend right now. You know you just come here at Purpose Kingdom Network. You can just uh, you can email us. You can email us at purposekingdomnet at gmail dot com. You can send your comments, questions, concerns, and like you just did, you can just let us know that you turned your, your life over. Um, you know, please join us each and every night that you're able to. We just thank you for joining us tonight for our 980th episode and you know we got 20 episodes more until we get to a thousand so uh please continue to listen to us and if you want to listen to uh you know if you just want to listen to something you know you can listen to our past and previous broadcast you know the com backslash corpus kingdom we can simply type in the host name or the show name or just listen to our whole cat uh our whole catalog we got three seasons there so far and we thank you so much for doing that. For and we also thank you for for supporting us. No matter where you are in the world, we uh, we love our online listeners. And don't forget, at any time you want to call in, phone number to call in is three one nine five two seven six zero nine one. We really thank and appreciate you. Uh, you know, we just appreciate you just being there for part of the conversation. And like I said, at any time, just call in. And with God's one God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening. At the 9 p.m. hour for the healing hour with Reverend Arthur Burgess III. And once again, with God's one God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for the healing hour with Reverend Arthur Burgess III. And uh, we thank you so much for supporting us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. Um, you know, as, as always, uh, don't forget to tell a friend about, you know, your experience here at Purpose Kingdom Network. Thank you so much. And we're going to resume the rest of the program. And then we're going to close it out. Okay. Um, now, just, you know, uh, to say a few things, you know, in closing, you know, just the word I give up, you know, it's basically a sign of surrendering. It's a sign of, of yes, I'm giving it, I'm giving way. But it doesn't have to be in a negative idea. And that's what Roberto Duran, you know, realized when he went back home to Mexico and he was basically surrounded by his family and everybody shunned him away. And one of the things that we, we, like I said, we turn, you know, some of our defeats into our greatest victories because we don't wallow and God hasn't made it for us to be dwelling on defeat. 
He wants us to reach out and reach forward for victory. So even in defeat, we do have the victory. The victory is mine. You know, real quickly, I'm just going to go um, and just talk about how we don't have to look at, you know, saying, you know, I give up or no more. You know, no more. You know, it, it started, you know, basically in the promise of Genesis. And we, we go to Genesis 12, chapter 3. And I, you know, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curse of thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And it's basically saying no more light. And in Revelation 22, verses 5, and there should be no night. Uh, sorry. I actually mixed that up. Um, <clears throat> basically, um, in Revelation 22 and 5, and there should be no light there, and they, they need no candle. Neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And that's basically no more no more night. And that's promised in the Bible, and that was in Revelation 22, 5. And, you know, as we move on, you know, uh, in First Corinthians chapter fifteen twenty six, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So basically, like you know, there's going to be no more death. You know, and you know, in conclusion, life is short. Death is sure. Sin is the curse. Christ is the cure. You know, and we have to. If we we all go back to saying, you know, I, I need I need to be fixed. Or I have problems, or I I'm just wait. I just need that one thing. And basically, no matter what situation you are, if you don't have Christ in your life, Christ is the cure. And that's what you have to understand. That's what Sugar Ray Leonard learned. Sugar Ray Leonard learned that no matter how hard he fought in the first fight, no matter how much he did, he didn't have that centerpiece. He didn't have that one thing in his corner, which is Christ. You know, everyone said that when Sugar Ray Leonard lost that fight, they couldn't figure out how he lost that fight. And basically when they seen his second fight, everyone swore up and down that he fought the same way. But you know what happened? There was a one measurable we couldn't measure. We couldn't measure how one does when Christ is 100% in their corner. We, he's not predictable. He moves in different ways. He does different things. Who would have thought of the fighter named Roberto Duran, the hands of stone, the man that has never been defeated, someone that was, you know, at the time, Mexico's best hero, the best hero ever. If you want to say, you know, um, what the equivalent he was, he was the equivalent to, he was Mexico's Superman, uh, a man that was so idolized at that time, especially defeating Sugar Ray Leonard, that no one could tell him anything. And that was part of his downfall. And don't forget, even though two men had faced defeat at different times, Christ brought two men together. And it wasn't basically to do battle. It was to learn about oneself. So basically you could say that Sugar Ray Leonard learned in the first defeat that he needed Christ in his life. And you could say in the second fight when Brother Duran went home, he figured out that a man without Christ has nothing. The only thing he had was his family, and he realized. 
all that idolization. And he was saying, you know, here today, going tomorrow, he was built up to be a national hero, and he got tore down the second he lost that title. And what did that go to show you? Nothing makes a man like Christ. And if you got Christ in your life, you know, man or woman, there's nothing like having Christ in your life and Christ in your corner. Because guess what? No matter what victory you have, no matter what defeat you have, Christ is always there. Christ is always going to make sure you learn a lesson, and he's going to elevate you. And this is what he's done to both men. And no matter who you think or who you rooted for, these guys are both winners as far as I'm concerned, and especially with families. And like I said, if you want to know who won that third fight, does it really matter? These guys won already before they fought that third fight. They didn't have to fight that third fight. That third fight wasn't even as iconic as the first two. The third fight is not even worth watching. If you want to work, work, you know, waste your time, you're going to waste, uh, I think it's about an hour and 15 minutes, uh, you can go ahead and YouTube or Google it up and, or just find out. But like I said, as far as I'm concerned, there was already two winners before that third fight was there. And like I always tell you guys, uh, I like doing this. I like broadcasting. Love doing this. Love doing what I can, t- what I can do for Purpose Kingdom. Can't wait till we do something for our 1,000th episode. And, you know, as always, you know, um, I, I don't mind or any time, you know, filling in for somebody. I love filling in for Warriors of Christ. And this has been Self-Expression, the sports edition. And uh, I've been your host, Brother Robert Popop Hudson. Uh, uh, another two weeks, uh, Sister Dominique Hudson will be back here. Uh, and it should be in no time. So if you miss Dominique, just wait, a little, just wait two more weeks. And you will see her, and she'll be on Warriors of Christ. Uh, we thank you so much for um, allowing me to invite you uh, tonight to just hear me out and just hear um, my sports editions of self-expression. Uh, I thank you so much. I uh, can't imagine doing anything else different than this, uh, especially on a night uh, like tonight. And like I said, thanks so much. Uh, it's been fun. It's been real. Deuces. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. I will not lose. Never want to see me down, I will not lose. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.